Welcome to the Workshop Review Podcast, the only podcast that gives tools away. This is episode number three for February 1st, 2019. We're a few days late this week. It's okay, because we've got a big announcement. On this episode, we are launching the giveaway for the Lake Erie Toolworks Mox and Vice. So, I'm your host, Brian. Got your other host, Brandon, over there. Say hi, Brandon. Hello, Brandon. Yeah, that'll that'll do. <laughs> and uh, so so let's get into this. Uh, very first, right off the bat, want to let you guys know about uh, our Patreon campaign. Uh, it is live. It's up and running. Um, just got a just a, got a couple really simple tiers over there. Uh, One dollar, three dollar, five dollar. Got some cool uh, rewards for those tiers. So if you want to feel like helping us out, go over to Patreon.com/slash/WorkshopReview and uh, check those things out. All right, cool. What have you been working on, Brandon? What are you doing? Tell you what, since the last time we talked, I have still been out of town. <laughs> oh, Actually, where the last were time you? we talked, I was in a hotel in San Francisco. Um, in within that time, I have been to New Orleans, San Francisco, and Dallas, Texas. So I finally got home yesterday afternoon, and um, get to start the morning off with you. Oh, how lucky are you? So you you've just been doing day job stuff, huh? Yes, which has turned into day and night job stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, you look tired. Are you a little jet lagged? Uh, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's it's been a journey. <laughs> How? Uh, I mean, you travel a lot, like a couple yeah. couple times a month through yes. many different time zones. So how do you deal with that jet lag all the time like that? So typically what I do is, uh, depending on, so the, the East coast to the West coast is obviously the worst. And typically mm -hmm. what I do is I follow the exact same schedule as though the time has never actually changed. So when it says, you know, say I want to go to bed at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock, just like I do here, that means when I'm out there, I go to bed at nine or 10 o'clock. That's smart. And I, and, and I make that – I try to force that if it's something that I need to uh, reckon with. This particular trip when I was out in San Francisco, um, my body kept wanting to wake up at 3 a.m. And so knowing that I was only out there for five or six days and then I needed to, to be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed when I got to Dallas – I just went to bed at like uh, seven thirty or eight o'clock out there, and got up at three, somewhere about three or four a.m. every day. So I was still kind of living the the time zone of you know Eastern or Central, just so that it was a little easier when I got back. So when you're sitting awake at three o'clock in the morning in Dallas, and you don't have work to do until say eight o'clock in the morning, what are you doing for those what five hours? I always have work to do. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm starting work or I'm recording a podcast with you. <laughs> uh, you know, when, when we were in San Francisco, I want to say it was about 4.30, maybe 5 o'clock when you and me started recording a uh, podcast. Um, well, it was, and, like, you know, it was like 8.30 here, so it must have been so, yeah, 5.30 there. there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. That's, you know, catch up on the news, um, that, that kind of stuff. Anything I can do to get ahead in the day. Sure, sure. So, no woodworking. Did you see any cool furniture or anything while you were out and about? No. 
No. Okay. All right. Now, normally that is so. One one pretty cool thing that that I try to do is I try to keep my eyes open for furniture, museums, architecture, and I, I will come home with the weirdest pictures of things that if somebody was to look <laughs> at my phone, they'd be like, why the hell did you take a picture of that lamp? And I'll just be like, because I either want to make it or I could make it better you or, go. you know, or it's some form of inspiration. So I would have a pile of these pictures and <laughs> I have... Yet to do something with most of them, but, <laughs> but they're there. The thoughts okay. there. All right. A few years going now. So, Brian, what have you been up to? Well, uh, I've had a pretty busy, pretty busy week in the shop. Um, so I think the last time we spoke, we, or rather, I was um, waiting for a bunch of plywood to be delivered. So that was delivered. Uh, kind of interesting um the truck couldn't get up my driveway because <laughs> well one in the winter time my driveway is a little precarious to begin with it's long and it's got a curve in it that's relatively tight and it's up a hill and then that and gravel up by your up by your uh, little parking spot there gets me every time yeah yeah i i just put my truck in four-wheel drive no matter what just to be safe <laughs> so i'm not shooting rocks halfway across the yard uh, but anyways, the truck couldn't get up my driveway, which I kind of expected and I planned for. Um, so I just drove my truck down to the bottom of the driveway, uh, loaded the plywood in the truck. It was pouring rain, so I had to figure out a way to keep the very expensive walnut veneer plywood dry as I was driving it up to my shop, and then just unloaded it in my shop. So it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal. Did they it deliver it, it in, a, in a covered truck? Yeah, it came in a. I think he said it was a 28-foot box truck. Mm, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Was it, I mean, was it wrapped or anything? Nope. Nope. Just uh, individual sheets. Huh. Sort of, um, you know in those box trucks how they have those uh, those poles that go from the floor to the ceiling that yeah. are on a spring? They were just held against the wall with a couple of those things. So, uh, just threw them in my truck, drove them up to the shop, and uh, unloaded them. And then... I had the pleasure of all this past week of breaking down all that plywood into my project parts and, uh, you know, cutting out all the pieces that I need and then edge banding it. So, so how, how did you manage breaking down all of those pieces? Because for those of you that don't know, Brian's shop is, is a decent size. However, to get a 4x8 sheet in there to, in a workable spot, can could be a, a bit challenging you know i feel like there's a there's a pole just perfectly in the most inconvenient spot um, i guess by your garage by your but that garage didn't have doors. anything to yeah that didn't have anything to do with the plywood um so actually the only time that pole is an issue if i have like a really really long cross cut to do uh, okay on my table saw that pole kind of gets in the way but mm -hmm. that's very very rare so it's the pole is actually not that big of a deal but what I do, or did rather, was I just brought the plywood in and I set it on edge uh, up against my jointer. Mm -hmm. And as I needed a sheet to break down, I picked it up and I put it on my assembly table and I cut it down with a track saw into, oh, okay. into oversized. I was wondering if, yeah, you know, I was wondering pieces. if you were going to do it with your uh, with your table saw. So Yeah, no, I don't. I can, but why? You know, like right, absolutely. You have a track saw; it makes makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So I just broke them down with the track saw and then took them over to even still rough size pieces at the table saw because I was I was really, really careful with this stuff because this is really expensive plywood. So right. I did not want to cut a piece too small. So I cut it at oversized, you know, a rough dimension with the track saw. And then I still even cut it oversized at the table saw. And then once I started getting some pieces to their final size, I could, you know, use relative dimensioning instead of measuring to get them to their, you know, actual final size. Now, so I'm being very how, careful. How much? How much? When you say you go oversize, how how far over do you do you think you went? Uh, with the track saw, about two inches, and okay, then. With the table saw, about a half an inch. Because that's something that, you know, you and I probably don't take into consideration too much since we don't really work with plywood. But you don't have an infinite number of plywood. So I would think that you would really have had to think out how much wiggle room you had to to decide on how much over you could cut. Yeah, so when I was designing this cart, this is the first time I've ever made like a cut list. I went into SketchUp and I drew up my seven sheets of plywood and I drew each part on the plywood and then I took those to my shop sort of as a cut list to make sure I wasn't going to mess it up. Okay. Yeah. And then um, other than cutting all that stuff, I've been edge banding a lot. Um, since it's plywood, i got to do a lot of edge banding. I'm using solid wood edge banding, uh, walnut about an eighth of an inch thick this thing's going in a bar so i want it to be durable i don't want to use that iron on stuff i hate the iron on stuff anyways but especially right. in, a, in a high traffic high use area i don't i certainly don't want to use it so i've been making edge banding out of walnut and then putting that on i mean that's um, going to look a lot better yeah it will it will and you know the the price was right so you know i want to do the the best I possibly can on this thing for him. Um, something interesting about the edge banding, though, is this bar cart has some shelves on it with a 8-inch radius curve on one side, and 8-inch thick edge banding will not make that radius. So I had to break out a tool that I made when I was working on my guitar to pre-bend the edge banding. It's called a bending iron. And sort of get the edge banding already to the right curve and then apply it. So I actually put out a video on that process yesterday, if you guys are interested in checking that out. And you made that yourself, didn't you? The bending iron? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's really simple. It's just a piece of fence post, like a galvanized steel fence post, you know, mm-hmm. with an electric car, char, an electric charcoal igniter stuck inside of it. Um, and sort of the heating element on the charcoal starter is bent in a way so that it touches the, the pipe mm-hmm. and it heats up the pipe and you can use that pipe to bend your thin pieces of wood really quickly and really easily. So that's what I've been working on. And <laughs> actually, um, this bar cart's kind of had gone through a couple design changes and I realized yesterday that Oh, it was it was a big brain fart on my part. So originally, it was going to have two cabinet doors in the front that went from the bottom of the cart to the top of the cart, and they were going to slide in grooves. Well, 
the the client decided they wanted to put two drawers above the doors and i said yeah sure no problem we can do that but what didn't occur to me is that once we put those drawers in i no longer have grooves to put the doors in and they wanted the doors to slide specifically they did not want them on hinges so i had to go back to the client yesterday and say um oops i should have caught this sooner but we we need to make some concessions here either the doors have to be on hinges or the drawers have to go away right so i have a meeting with them next week to figure that out but that's what i've been doing i got a couple inquiries for um a bed and um maybe a small production run for a company in texas for doing like um uh like cell phone and business card holders they want to give them out to their clients uh so hmm. I don't know. I might be doing that. I haven't decided yet. Uh, but some things in the works, you know, that kind of stuff. Feel as though you always have something in the works. Whether for myself or for a client, yeah, I always, I'm always doing something. That's kind of the nice thing about my situation. I'm, I can always, always, always be in my shop. Except this week, dude. It's so cold. It's so oh, cold. I know. I had the heat blasting in my shop yesterday. It never got above 34 degrees. It was and That's still awful. pretty good. This morning it is zero degrees outside. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was negative nine yesterday, so right. 34 isn't awful. But I I got hardly anything done. It oh, was, I don't – yeah, don't doubt that whatsoever. It's supposed it to get depressing. up to 15 today. I heard, yeah. This, Double this digits, It's supposed baby. to be kind of warm. Yeah. and rainy. But, this isn't a weather podcast, so let's get away from oh. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, no one cares about how cold it is in northwestern Pennsylvania. Well, so, I mean, I mean, I can, I can turn this easy. Ready? So, mm -hmm. what do you think it is doing with the wood that you're working in there when it is that cold? Do you think the shrinkage factor stops at a certain point, or are you really working at it in its most compressed state? Mm, you know, I don't know, but I was actually had a real world example of how, like, I want to see how this affects things. So I just built those nightstands mm -hmm. and I shipped them off to Boulder. They're going to mm -hmm. Colorado and they were boxed up, crated in my shop over the weekend when, um, you know, it was below freezing and then it was on a, a UPS freight truck that was probably freezing as well. So before I shipped them, I went up to my shop. I completely uncrated them. I checked everything out because they were frozen for four days, I guess, before they got shipped out. Mm -hmm. And um, completely unpacked them. I looked everything over. Everything was still fine. I was, for some reason, I had horror nightmares about, like, the tops cracking or, you know, something going wrong. Absolutely. But, you, know, you know, if you think about it... Um, I don't. I don't really think it does anything to it. Um, wood is every single year freezing and thawing, and when you cut a tree down and you look at it, you can't tell. Um, you know, we have boards sitting in lumber yards in the north, um, in outdoor yards that freeze all the time. Like think of Shannon's yard, um, Jay Gibson McIlvain. They're they're an outdoor yard mm -hmm. in Baltimore. Their boards are freezing every day, so. Uh, I don't think it's a problem. 
Well, I mean, it's. I don't think I was looking at it more as a as a problem with it getting too cold. I think what I was curious about is if at a certain point the wood reaches its its maximum shrinkage. You know, if it's like, hey, you know, when it dips down to twenty degrees, at that point, anything further below, it doesn't matter. It's 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 at its maximum density. Um, or if it continues to shrink, uh, you know, the lower and lower it goes, because at that point, then you're you got to account for more shrinkage than would be normal in in that environment. Yeah, but I guess, I guess... that's I guess that uh, you know to think about it, it it probably has a, a limit because when it gets hot outside, it doesn't continue to expand. At a certain point, right. it it stops. And it just says, yep, I'm hot. Yeah. Well, at some point, you know, the physics and density and all that stuff right. plays a point. You know, I guess you could think about it sort of like the roads here. In the wintertime, they freeze. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess in the fall time, uh, you know, they get soaked with water and then they freeze. And then in the springtime, they thaw and they crack and get all torn up and stuff. And that's because I, I assume the pavement doesn't move all that much so it has to break but if you have something that is able to move like wood that obviously still has some moisture in it um you know that movement allowance the elasticity of the wood i guess is going to prevent it from being damaged right through the, right. Through the freezing and the thawing I, I guess i i think i don't know right maybe no yeah no that makes total sense Yes. I guess. So I guess. anyways, Brandon, <laughs> why don't you do the honors and tell all the listeners what we're giving away this month, and then let's talk about it. Let's do that. So this month, we had the pleasure of teaming up with Lake Erie Toolworks yet again. You may recall that we had them on a few months ago or I guess, yeah, a few months ago, with their clamp gauge. So this time around, we got to handle, review, twist, clamp, squeeze their mocks and vices. Mm -hmm. We also got to watch them be made, which was an awesome experience. Yeah, that was really, um, really cool. So you're going to get to see that in, in the video that, that will be out uh, today. When or... Whatever this is, Friday the first. Yeah, and we'll we'll listen. link to that video in the in the I guess the notes associated with this episode too, if you haven't seen it yet. So Lake Erie Toolworks uh, has two sizes of mocks and vices, depending on uh, which which style you would prefer. Uh, one is what they consider the normal moxin, and one is the moxin light. The normal moxin is 24 inches between the screws between the screws and whoop, I, and, and the light version is 14 inches 14 yes yeah and so the reason that we say between the screws that's important because uh when you're using a moxin vice that's your capacity you know think of it as like a planer or a jointer you have you can do a 12 inch wide board on your jointer or a 12 inch wide board on your planer when you put your panel in your moxin vise uh you know you either have up to 24 inches or up to 14 inches that's the width of the 
workpiece that you can use. Yeah. Yeah. Now these so, are about four inches tall, um, so they're they're pretty decent there, and they have the the larger one has a capacity of four and a quarter inch of squeeze, squeezing, squeezeability. However, so that's the you, thickness of the board you can put in it. Right. So you can get up to four and a half inches there, and or four and a quarter. And the light version, believe it or not, you can do four and a half inches between the jaws, and you can get fourteen and a quarter inches between the screws. So and these are and all, all hard maple, beautiful made mocks and vices. Like I mean, the most natural and primitive, yet beautiful set of vices you could probably ever see. And the quality control is is something we got to witness as well. We were up there and they were making some screws for, um, I think it was for their leg vice kit, but, um, you know, uh, wood is a natural product and, you know, you get bark inclusions and you can't see what's inside of it. So they're sitting there with the this screw on their CNC and they hit a bark inclusion and they're like, oh, well, this one's crap. But to Brandon and I looking at it, it actually wasn't that bad. Like, you know, there was you could you could see the different color, right? Uh, and absolutely, but, but it still appeared to be extraordinarily usable, at least to me. But right. uh, they were like, "Nope, it's out." It's yep. Firewood, because to them that is uh, a flaw and a potential mm -hmm. a potential risk, because that that particular spot it is not only vulnerable, but the the well, well, kind of what we were talking about earlier, the, the expansion and contraction will be different than the rest of the piece. So it right. could cause an oblong screw and they cannot, uh, you know, put a product out there that may, may have an issue. Yeah. Cause the tolerances with the, the threads on the screw and the threads on the nut are pretty, pretty precise. So if you, you know, like Brandon said, if you have some fluctuations in the in the movement in different parts of the screw, then, you know, it's going to cause you problems. And we even talked to them about, do you guys maybe stabilize this? Like, would you, you know, stabilize it with some penetrating epoxy and then re, re, uh, machine it or whatever. And they're like, Nope, it's, it's trash. It's, it's, it's done. Yeah. They're like, we could, but really how much is your time worth? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, um, I mean, I don't, I don't discount it whatsoever. Like that, that's absolutely true. Um, so needless so. to say, when you get one of these Moxon vices, it's going to be super clear, gorgeous, hard maple. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. No, no defects whatsoever. Yeah. And I mean, and they're, they're impressive. Uh, they're larger vices, uh, vice screws rather, like their wagon and shoulder. Um, we, we joked because <laughs> I walked up to them and said, so how does it feel to make uh, large wooden Lego heads? Because that's exactly yeah. what it looks like. <laughs> I mean, they kind of look like so Lego smooth and, and beautiful, but um, no, but they're 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 pretty amazing. Uh, so right out of the box, all you have to do is throw some wax on on the screw itself, uh, and you're off to the races for clamping. Mm -hmm. um, they they designed it in a way that that leaves you open for what you want to do. It doesn't have any finish on it, which if looking at them you wouldn't have guessed because they are i mean they're very clear and and look 
pristine. So you could throw some finish on it if you want, get some wax on the threads. Of course, they come with uh, you know care instructions and use instructions. Um, but they design these to be ultimately very portable. You can throw it over your shoulder or or in a case and take them with you, and you just clamp it down to whatever surface you have around, whether it be a kitchen counter or a workbench or uh, you know your tailgate, whatever. Uh, you can just throw it on there and and get to work. And um, yeah, in addition, I mean, you could make a a mini bench out of it if you wanted to, or a bench top moxin. Um, which you know you've seen floating around um just extremely yeah. usable and the ability to squeeze took no effort i mean i think you said it was maybe a quarter turn yeah maybe and it was like tighter the, than once the screw is all the way in just yeah maybe another quarter turn and it was yeah i mean it just grabbed yeah. Plus, yeah. It, it's, you know, for those of you out there that, that may be concerned or know a thing or two about clamping, it's not metal on wood. It's wood on wood. So not only do you get to really get a good feel for how much pressure you're putting on this wood, it's wood on wood. So it's like having calls almost, except for you're skipping that step. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot nicer, uh, a much better way of clamping, I feel. Um, so, you know, something I was just thinking about when you were talking about the the capacity between the jaws, so the four and a half inches or whatever that you could put in there, that's a decent, that's a very decent amount of room. So when I think of a moxin vise, I usually think of panel work, right? Cutting what? joinery on panels, um, you know, uh, tenons for, excuse me, <clears throat> tenons for breadboard ends or um, dovetails, that kind of stuff. But when we were talking about the capacity, that four and a half inches that you could put in there, like that's a table leg or something. Oh, you know yeah. What I, that's, mean? I mean, you got an eight quarter piece. Oh, more than that. Well, 16 four. quarter. Well, yeah. I mean, but well, yeah, I guess. So what I'm saying is, you know, it's not just for panels. You can you could right. clamp up a, a 16 quarter square table leg in there and cut your joinery on it, too. That's something that hadn't occurred to me. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that would be that would be super nice. Um, one, you know, you could do your hand tool work that way. But also, I use my domino a lot, and um, that would be great for holding those pieces to to use my domino with. Well, let's take that a little bit further. You know, we mentioned that it's you know twenty four inches or fourteen and a half inches between the screws. That specific. Uh, that would be specifically for a panel type that you need to stick it all the way through. Right. You have enough grab room above the screws that if you put, you know, an eight quarter or a 16 quarter table leg above the screws, you would have enough to grab that entire thing if you needed to plane all the way down the side of it. Or put do it something in horizontally instead right. of vertically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you could definitely grab a piece, you know, along the top of, of the screws Mm -hmm. so have you thought about any modifications you might like to make to yours brandon yes Um, what what have you been thinking so i have uh the the light in the shop uh brian has the the larger one i think what i would do just because of the way that my shop is currently set up um with surface i would like to extend mine to be an, an like a full bench top moxin or if I where I pull it out and it has its own sort of mini bench on the backside. Um 
just okay. so that I can okay. kind of line up, uh, you know, maybe make dovetails a little bit more fluent or um, being able to, to clamp, you know, uh, maybe 18 inches deep. Um, I mean, it's it's not a, a hard modification whatsoever. Um, well, you just have to build the bench. Right. I mean, and, and it would be just, you know, like a little mini bench. Um, you know, I mean, at that point, you could put some little some little dogs in it or, you know, pegs mm-hmm. and be able to do uh, the size of panels that way. And it would um, be perfectly attached or yeah. permanently attached. Yeah. 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 So then I'd always have a, a, a perpendicular surface because right now that's kind of what I don't really have in my shop because it's most of my stuff isn't panel type or, or anything like that. So yet right. or thus far. Right. I should say. What about yourself? Well, I've come up with three things. One of them I'm definitely going to do. The other two I'm still thinking about. So um, I don't think I'm going to finish mine. I don't think I'm going to put any finish on it. But what I think I will do is line the jaws with leather. Mm-hmm. I have leather on my leg vise on my workbench, and I really like that. Uh, I feel like I can really torque down on, on that vise, and I'm not going to worry about damaging my workpiece if i'm using Mm -hmm. something softer than hard maple uh you know i guess i could maybe potentially see if you tighten it too much you might get a a line or something across it where the the top of the jaw or something is squeezing probably not but i guess maybe i would just like that assurance so i'm probably definitely going to do that um another thing that i was thinking about um was doing sort of like a a lamb's tongue detail on the front jaw. Uh, So basically, if you're not familiar with what a lamb's tongue is, that's where you sort of cut a a bevel into the top jaw on the part that's facing you. So if you're doing hand saw work and the the workpiece is close to the vise and you've got your saw kind of at an angle, you might hit the jaw with your saw. Mm-hmm. And so by relieving that, uh, you know, you're less likely to cut into your vice. Um, not sure if I would do that or not. I've never done a lamb's tongue before, like a traditional, like pretty looking lamb's tongue. So I might try to do that just to try it. Um, but then I, I, I do think having that relief was probably a good idea, uh, at least for the way I work. And then the third idea was I'm considering building a new bench this year and I was wondering about integrating it right into a workbench Um, that would take some doing and it would take away one benefit I think of the Moxon vice which is you can raise your workpiece up to a higher you know uh, 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 you can raise your piece up higher and work on it a little more easily and if it were permanently attached to a workbench, you know, it would be the height of your workbench. It wouldn't be on top of your workbench. So I would I would lose that benefit. Um, but I don't know. Those are the those are the three things I was considering doing. But then but then I guess if I were to permanently attach it to my workbench, I'd have to make my work workbench out of maple because it would drive me crazy having contrasted wood. What's your current <clears throat> What's your current uh, bench made out of? It is mostly just SPF lumber from the home store. Oh. And 
the important parts like the chop on the leg vise and the rails that the dead man slides in and the rails itself or the, the dead man itself are mahogany mm-hmm. and then all of my handles are walnut so the important parts are are good wood the rest of the benches just spf but um it's it's very properly built it's all dovetailed together and and all that stuff it's just you know just bo- mostly box store lumber right yeah yeah so have you been out in the shop at all using using your vice uh, a little bit before i left on my trip um i, I did uh, you know, at the same time, I'm also attempting to uh, remodel my upstairs and add a bathroom. So, <clears throat> unfortunately, I've been doing a lot more with plywood than I have, or not plywood. I've been doing a lot more with drywall than I have been doing with um, wood. But right. every time I go out to the shop to get a sheet of drywood, I, I kind of clamp something up and and <laughs> pretend like I get to play with wood for, play for the with day. It. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I've. I've had mine clamped to my bench and I've, I don't, I'm not currently working on a project where I need to use the moxon vice, but it's just pretty cool and I, I want to use it. So, uh, I've had it clamped to my bench and I've cut some, some joinery on it. I've, I did some dovetail practice using it and, um, uh, cutting some tenons and things like that. And it is rock solid. Um, the only, only issue that I see with with this vice, and it's not even an issue with the vice. It's with like your ancillary equipment would be. Um, so if you you have to clamp it to your bench, right? So if your clamps aren't the greatest clamps, and you're you're like planing or you know doing some sort of uh, you know physical work more than just sawing, you know, um, uh, you gotta you gotta use some good clamps, right? Mm-hmm. And then to whatever you clamp it to to begin with if that's not rock solid then you know you're obviously your your vice is going to move because whatever you clamped it to is moving um but you know those are 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 issues that have nothing to do with the vice whatsoever um and i actually don't have those issues in my shop i could just see you know them being an issue for maybe somebody who uh you know maybe is clamping it to a harbor freight workbench or something that's got some racking to it or you know maybe he's using some clamps that have been beat up that don't really grip all that well anymore or, you know something like that um but it is awesome um none of the work pieces i use slipped in it at all uh it's it's it does exactly what it was intended to do and it does it really really well no oh, well that's awesome mm-hmm Mhm. And so we're we're giving one of these away, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Winner's choice, actually. Yeah, so they get to choose between the full size version or the light version, and um, to be entered into that giveaway, um, well, we'll put the link to that in the in the show notes for this episode as well. But um, you know, head over to our YouTube channel. It's called Workshop Review. Um, again, we'll link it in the, in the show notes, uh, watch the review that Brandon and I did. Uh, you get to, uh, sort of meet the guys from Lake Erie a little bit. Uh, well, at least one of them, uh, uh, Jeff, uh, Nick, Nick was a little camera shy. 
Um, and, you know, he'll, he's going to tell you a little bit about Lake Erie, a little bit about the process that they've gone through over the last 10 years. And, um, uh, you know, you'll get to see some footage of these vices being made, as well as, you know, Brandon and I using them in his shop. Uh, but this is an incredible opportunity. You want to be a part of this giveaway. Yes, you do. And probably in a future uh, podcast here, you might hear directly from them. So hopefully you guys can submit some questions that you might have about the vice or about the company. Uh, and we can ask oh, them about it. That's a really good idea. That's a really good idea, Brandon. Um, <clears throat> yeah, let's try to do that. So uh, no guarantees here, guys. But hopefully, maybe for the next episode, uh, we can get either Nick or Jeff on and answer some questions. So email us questions about this vice. You can email them to us at workshopreview at gmail.com. And if we can... If we can work it out and get one or both of those guys on the show, we will have them answer your questions. You know what? And I think what we'll do is since this is the the first podcast in this this giveaway, we'll we'll give you guys till the third show. So not the next show, but the show after that. We'll 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 ask the questions. We'll give you guys a little bit more time to ask all you want. Cuz next week's show might be a little short notice for you. Since we're recording a little late today, or this okay. time. All right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, okay. Yes. Anyways, email but, us your questions, and yes. uh, we'll see if we can get them on. Not the next episode, but the episode after that. Get and the giveaway will still be running and all that stuff, so we're good. So, with that, we have some other giveaways, deals, steals, and news for you out here in the in the world of the the Instagram and the everything else. Uh, there, if you haven't followed along, what we're trying to do is make you aware of other things that are going on out there by other users, manufacturers, and, and, or friends in the community. Uh, Powermatic has still got a 10% sale going on, which is fantastic. Uh, Milescraft, if you aren't aware of them, they make a lot of the router jigs for door sets uh, as well as, mm. as cabinetry, and um, you can pick them up all over the home stores. So they, they have a lot of sets like that. They're doing a 25,000 follower prize pack, so you might want to check them out. Uh, you can check it out at uh, milescraft 2002 or hashtag milescraft25000 or 25k to be exact. Uh, in addition, if you do not follow, uh, Toolnut has got a whole slew of new contractor size pieces, anywhere from DeWalt to Makita, and they're running a whole bunch of specials on twenty to twenty-five dollars off of you know qualifying orders, um, along with a whole bunch of new uh, new tools that have that have hit the market. Um, and for the final one that I have that I've come across Bent's Woodworking that's B-E-N-T apostrophe S Woodworking has got a 10,000 giveaway that's 10,000 oh, followers cool. so if you check out his profile uh, he is running that uh, currently and uh, there will be three winners chosen 
Um, and let me see if I can actually pull up what he's giving away. There we go. And they he is giving away to th three winners, and there's three prizes. It looks like a beautiful uh, work apron, a, a woodpecker square, and a set of countersink drill bits. Cool. That I cannot see the brand of, but yes. So check out Bent's and um, – you know, if in the future, if you know of any giveaways going on or if you're running a giveaway, give us a shout. We'll we'll, we'll tag you up here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the whole purpose of what we're doing is to, uh, you know, lift up the community. So, uh, you know, if you got something going on and you want to get the word out, we are happy to help. Absolutely. And that is all I got on deal steals and all that. Whatever I said that sounded so fluid before. <laughs> deal steals and giveaways, something like That's that. That's it, write, yeah. You'll have to write that down. It'll have to be like the name of the segment. Yes, yes. We'll make it into a segment. We'll see if we can't get the the Wood Talk guys to, to come up with a, a fancy song. <laughs> I think they paid someone to do that. Fiverr, here I come. All right. So, Brian, you know, we've talked about all these these tools and these giveaways and all that, but circling back, what, what do you have coming up in your shop? Yeah, uh, so, well, I do have this flooring project that's a, sort of an ongoing in-the-background thing. Um, in my house, I want to redo one of the floors, and I got it in my head that uh, doing a pallet wood floor would be a good idea. Um, it's not. Don't ever do one. I wonder who who may have who may have said that was a bad idea. Yeah, it was you. But I got time. I got the time. It's just you know. And you got the pallets. It's just a crappy, crappy job. So that's ongoing in the background, like all the time. Now, is um, it a bad idea because it's not working, or is it a bad idea just because it's miserable to work with? It's miserable to work with. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not a bad idea. It's just super labor intensive and. I don't usually work with pallets. Um, I knew going into it that it was going to be kind of awful. But, you know, now that I'm in the thick of it, I, I, I was right. It's awful. It It's completely awful. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm in my shop, so I can't complain, right? Right. Sure. Um, aside from that, uh, like I said earlier, um, I'm talking to a gentleman about a bed. Uh, he once completed sometime in the middle of April. Um, we're talking about cherry for it. Um, sort of uh, the the photos he sent me that are similar to what he wants. It, it's sort of like a rustic type design, but um, I'm gonna make it pretty. I'm not gonna make it look all rusticy. He he sent me a photo of like you know a Craig jig together you know, uh, two by 12 SPF board type thing. But, you know, of course you see those pictures, they look really nice until, you know, six months down the line when it's all it, cracked and torn apart and, and stuff. They can't stay square. Yeah. So I have to explain to him that, yeah, I, I, I could make you that bed out of that wood, but in six months you'll be really, really unhappy with it. So, uh, we're, we're looking at cherry and um, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that that's gonna that's gonna go through. 
Uh, he seems pretty pretty committed to it. Um, and then uh, there's a guy that I was in the army with forever ago, and um, he works for a window and door company in Texas, um, Pella. I mean, I've heard of them, so I'm sure you guys have too. Um, is the window and door company, and they want to be able to give like these little, like a little gift to their clients. So they sent me some photos and some design ideas for these things, and I may do a small production run of them. Um, now, is it we, something that you, you would, uh, you're going to do it all by hand, or is this uh, enough of a project that you could dive into the CNC world? Well, see, originally, yeah, they the, the original design was going to be CNC. Um, the business card holder part sort of had a a recess that was CNC'd out. I mean, you could do it with a regular router too, but but what they wanted was their logo CNC'd into these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and they wanted them out of walnut. Um, so I gave them, I gave That'd them the That would be press. beautiful. Yeah. They're actually kind of big too. Like they're not tiny. Did they um, give you the specs of the size they wanted? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Um, well, that helps. So we need to work on getting the price point a little more in line with what they were thinking. Um, mm-hmm. So probably not a CNC logo, probably not Walnut, um, and we might change the the design of each a little bit. Um, they want they want me to be able to do them for fifteen bucks a piece, and I was quoting them. A little bit higher than that for for the walnut ones. I would um, say, yeah, I would assume for walnut especially. Yeah. So they 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 came back and they asked me what, what how can we make these fifteen bucks a piece? So I said, forget the CNC logo, forget the walnut, use pine, and let's change the design a little bit. <laughs> so I don't know. We're 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 working on it. I don't I don't I don't know if it's something that I'll do or not. But you know, at fifteen dollars a piece, they'd need to order a decent amount of them to make it worth my time right now i mean do you have a rough idea of how many they're actually looking for yeah so i originally told them that i could give them a volume price if they did 75 um they came back and and said they were really only looking for 30 right now. oh oh so i i like i said i don't know i don't know if it's something that i'm gonna get into or not but we're talking. You know, that's the that's the first step to success. It is. It is. It would be it would be cool to do because then I'd, you know, get my foot in the door with a national company, you know what I mean? So I mean I might I might just do the thirty just for that connection. You know what I mean? But um if I'm only gonna do thirty then, you know, I'm I'm still gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do them for free. You know what I mean? Like, mm, right, right. I don't want to set that precedent. So, no. Um, you know, we're dancing. We're dancing. <laughs> what about what about you? What do you got coming up? Uh, I assume after the the remodel, right? Well, so um, this next week coming up, I'm gonna try to get uh, really far in in the remodel. Uh, I've I got a dumpster coming today, so I'm gonna hopefully get all of the demo done so that 
that dumpster can get the flock out of here. And um, the uh, that's probably what I'm going to be doing, m- mostly. I'm going to be doing that and then, you know, uh, my day job. And then I leave again next weekend um, for another week. Oh, wow. Yeah. When I come back, Where are you going when, this time, uh, Dallas actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, going down to Dallas, and then when I come back, I'm gonna hopefully finish that bathroom, and then I think the first project right out the gate, which I touched on, I think a few episodes ago, will be some nightstands. Right. What style are you gonna do those in? Uh, my own. Okay. They're gonna probably incorporate a lot of influence, uh, from. Maluth, um, but not necessarily his chair design. Um, there will be a lot of sweeping curves. So you, I, you've done a, a decent number of pieces that incorporate that Maluth joint. Are you going to yes, use that the, as that well? joint will not be in it. Okay. Yes. That is where the difference is definitely going to be. Um, I do love that joint. It, it, it's a great looking joint that I feel can span over multiple pieces. Um, and I've seen a lot of people use it in a lot of cool pieces, but, um, yeah. So I guess what, so Maluth of course is all, always known for his joint, but realistically his style was sculpting. Mm-hmm. Everything he did, tables, chairs, lounges, uh, you know, all of it was, oh, sorry, lounge chair, uh, was a sculpted, sculpted rocker, sculpted. You know, it wasn't, you know, Maluth joint chair or anything like that. So it was all about fluid curves and um, lots of rounding. Um, So I'm going to probably talk to our buddies up at Cuts All. (laughs) Um, I have I have some great product from from them already that you know I have I've purchased and used but honestly they're they're if you're ever looking for a rasp uh, or a rasp wheel for your grinder either handheld or die grinder or actual grinder I mean they're they're really the name in in that in that market um, they have absolutely awesome products I would never go back I don't think. Uh, now See, look at I, it. I haven't used any of the cuts all stuff. I've used uh, Arbortech stuff, like I have their turbo plane and mm-hmm. uh, things like that. But I've I've always been sort of intrigued by those. Um, uh, well, I guess I guess it's a it's a rasp, right? It's a the rasp, rasp wheel for yeah. the grinder. Yeah. yeah, I have one of theirs, maybe two, and I also have one from uh, a really cheap box store, and. That's where I started with um, before I invested the money into, uh, like, the Cuts All product. And it worked. I mean, it was okay. It was, you know, it was okay. But then when I got my hands on that wheel from Cuts All, it was, whoa, night and day different. And night and it was day. awesome. I mean, it just, it is so smooth and, and works so well. Um, you know, because you can get a lot of the feedback in your hands when you're using a grinder for something like that. Sure. And you know, if you're if you're using a disc that fights or grabs, or especially on hardwood, um, you can feel it. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and the the cuts all stuff products just just it's just like butter. I mean, you you almost feel like an artist just sculpting. Does uh, grain direction matter? 
when you're using a disc like that? No. No. See, it. I've I've sort of discovered that it does with the turbo plane. Like you mm-hmm. still want it to be slicing with the grain as opposed to against it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've experienced some some chip out uh, with with the with the turbo plane. Granted, I haven't used it a lot, so I may have been doing something wrong. Um, maybe I was trying to cut too heavy or something. But um, uh, when I use the turbo plane, I always try to go with the grain because of that. So that makes curious sense to see if it was. So uh, with these, the with the cuts all blades, I uh, I've gone in, in every direction and on all sorts of different types of end grain, and not had any issues. Oh, okay. Have you used the turbo plane on on end grain? Um, no, I don't believe that I have. I would be and interested it, to see how it would handle that. If if I have, it would be very, very tiny sections. So the last time I used it, I made some canoe paddles. And so it would have been like at the top of the handle. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. a very, very small section. But actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I did those with, with a rasp by hand. I used I used the turboplane mostly on the, the shaft of the paddle. Right. So, yeah, no, I don't think I have. Hmm. Well, that might be something. You know what? We need to talk to turboplane and cuts all. And get them on our show. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, yeah. cool. Actually, I have been trying to talk to both of them, but no success yet. <laughs> oh. So we'll see. You well, know, we'll have to we'll have to let them know we talked about them. Yeah, <clears throat> no, not really. <laughs> All right, Brandon, where uh, where can people find you at? They can well, they can find us at the workshop review on Instagram. Or email us at theworkshopreview at gmail.com. And they can find me at the Marshall's Woodshop on Instagram. As well as oh. YouTube. Same with right. uh, Workshop. And yourself. Yeah, I uh, am Macaulay's Design pretty much everywhere. Um, at Macaulay's Design on Instagram and Macaulay's Design on YouTube. I've recently put out a couple videos, so go check them out. The nightstands and then, you know, bending that um, edge banding. Uh All right, so I guess that's going to do it for this episode. Guys, really, check the links down in the show note. um, Watch that review and enter the giveaway for these Moxon devices. Uh, You will not be disappointed if you get one of these in your hands. For real. Um, And with that, I guess uh, we'll talk to you next time. Absolutely. All right, man.